Thanks for tuning in to the Medevac podcast powered by the Robert Irvine Foundation, whose mission is to support and strengthen the physical and mental well-being of our nation's heroes and their families. I'm one of your hosts, David Reed. And I'm your other host, Christian Myers. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you're new here, you're uh, going to hear something new. If you're old here, you know what I'm going to say. If you get something out of today's episode, you have to share it with a friend or family member. Engage with the video somehow, uh, because we would do the same for you. Our guest today is Keith Harvey. Mr. Keith Harvey. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome, Keith. Keith is a uh, an Army veteran. He spent uh, four years in the Army as a Ranger, and now he's in a PA program where he's getting ready to graduate and head over to clinicals. So That's right. We're going to hear a little bit about Keith's story today. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks thank for joining. And a little preface as well. Keith and I went to college together. That's right. Um, so not only were we uh, bat boy buddies, right? But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but. <laughs> wait, no, <laughs> no, not that. No. <laughs> uh, but we went to school together and, and had an incredible experience and got to know each other. So thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. It's great thank, to have another th- uh, yeah. Ranger buddy on. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's awesome. It's awesome to be here before you guys and, and right by you too. You know, we met at Gen- in genetics. It was genetics at uh, UTSA and stuff. And we kicked it off on there, you know, so yeah. it was great. Oh, yeah, oh, that was a difficult, a disgusting class. topic. I don't know who any, anyone who likes that, but it's more power to you, right? <laughs> but, I don't like genetics. Absolutely, but it's for not. a different reason. <laughs> yeah, I like genetics. I just don't like being tested on genetics. Yeah. <laughs> so let's rewind it back a little bit. Obviously, we could tell that you've had an ample amount of experience post-military, but let's talk about what inspired you to join the military. And did it was there a friend, a family member, someone important in your life that brought that to you? How did you even hear about Rangers? For me, I didn't even know about Rangers until my buddy told me, right. and I enlisted with him to go through this. So, what was that experience like for uh, you? So, growing up, my father was he was part of SF. Okay. Um, so, as I, I got older, um, and when I, when it came time to joining the military, you know, SF doesn't want eighteen year olds; they want people with. Uh, more years on, under their belt and, you know, more experience. So uh, one of the, my father was like, there's a ranger bat option and you go from there and then mm. climb up. But yeah, so how it worked was I, you know, I was going through high school. I was probably in, in 10th grade. Right? Okay. And then uh, I dropped out. I mean, everyone thinks it's crazy. They're like, man, you dropped out and you're, you're at where you're at now. I'm like, but yeah, yeah I did. Well, why did you drop out? Two more years. Huh? So that's actually what the judge asked me. You know, he was like, why did you drop out? So, and that's a very good question. Uh, I dropped out because a lot of the things that I saw in the education realm was just repetition. You know, you're doing uh, math, uh, ten, nine, you know, all the way through senior year. And it's literally all the same crap. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, one of the biggest questions, like, why are you doing it? Well, I want to go out there into the real world and I want to start making money. He's like, mm-hmm. you're so young, just slow down. Yeah. You know, so I was always gung ho about everything that I wanted to do in life and what I've wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's literally the step that I took. Okay. So Interesting. I, yeah. So it was literally probably within the first six, you know, they have six, six weeks and stuff like that. So the first six weeks, I was my sophomore year. I just, dropped out hmm. yeah uh, started skipping class okay and then from there uh yeah I, I ended up going to court and you know they were like hey, what are you doing you yeah. have to you have to go to school and i'm like well i don't want to go to school anymore so okay. then what do you want to do so i want to get my ged and that's that's exactly what started it all okay so did you test for your ged in 10th grade yeah so um right. you have to take like four tests right yeah. and uh, I was there at the GED for probably two weeks, signed up for all of them the first week, and then just went and just took them all. Okay. And, and they go all the way to the senior level. So I was very surprised with myself that I passed everything, yeah. but there it was. And that's what life began after that. That's awesome. So, so yeah. you're, you're two years ahead of your peers at that point, more that, or less. That's exactly, that was my concept. Okay. And it seems to me like that this is a, it's, it's almost looked down upon this Absolutely. GED yeah. when you're, almost going through these stages of initiation to test out early. Right. So what is that negative connotation correlated to? Well, you know, despite whatever negative connotation that it had, I was always driven to say, even when you get your GED, life's not over. Mm Mm-hmm. You you got it. You keep progressing, yeah, and that's it's a, step. it's a step. Yeah. So a lot of people stop. A lot. That's absolutely what everybody does. And mm. um, I wouldn't say everybody, but most people that get their GED, they just stop. You know, good enough degree, right? That's what this stands for. Yeah. Uh, they, and they stop. It's a halt. Everything from that point doesn't matter. Well, also, I think most of the people going to get their GEDs mm-hmm. aren't 
testing out early because they don't like the system. It sounds like you saw where you were at, you didn't like it, you saw a better opportunity, you're like, hey, it does diploma or GED doesn't make a difference to me. It's the two years of my life that I could be out making money. Exactly. Most people get their GEDs, they drop out for negative reasons, right? Right. Like drugs or mm-hmm. had a kid or, you know, whatever it is, they didn't do well. And then they have to go back when they're 25 and get their GED. Yeah. You did it two years early. I did. Makes sense. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So what did you do from there? So after I got my GED, um, I had to get that stamp of approval from the judge, mm. you know? And so from there, he was like, I'm actually very amazed that someone so young is driven to this point yeah. to want to continue in life. Like, you know, usually people that go just... They just talk the BS just to get their way. Uh, So after that, I actually uh, enrolled into college for my first degree. It was an associate's in uh, computer networking. And how old were you? I was 17 years old. So I just, it was from 16. I registered in November, which is when I turned 17. Okay. So yeah, and then it was a two-year degree, but I got it in one year. Mm-hmm. Computer network again, yeah. trying to shave off time, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's. What did you feel that sense of rush was coming from? Um, I think I was always trying to strive to be like my father. Mm. Yeah, he, where he was, he was a, you know, he was again in the military as SF. Then he became a PA and stuff. And so I just always wanted to be right there with him, mm. uh, regardless of the age difference. Yeah. So, so often to an end. Oftentimes we see in special operations personnel that they have some sort of troubled childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, childhood trauma that they're unpacking, whatever the case may be. And then there's an other side of the spectrum where we see those who are inspired Mm. by an idol, right? Someone, someone that they're trying to live up to and fill those shoes. Does that correlate to you or is it a bit of both? It's, it's, that's exactly how it correlates with me. Yeah. So I was always just trying to, you know, as a, as a as a young little boy, you're trying to impress your dad, right? Yeah. Even though there was five of us. <laughs> yeah. Know? So so that and and that's a really really great point that you bring on is that competition mm-hmm. that you have with five other siblings, right? Um, for that attention, had to be pretty difficult to deal with at times. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was that difficult because we all. Because you just crushed it so well yeah. that, of We're, course, you yeah, shine yeah. light higher than everybody else. Yeah. Where, yeah. where do you fall? One through five? So I'm the second one. Okay. And the okay. older one. And we, man, my parents, they knocked us out the park, man. We were a year and a half apart, each one of us. Oh, are you? And then okay. the, the fifth one is like a 10-year lapse. Yeah, surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, SF is force multipliers, so that right. makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. So. That's funny. Yeah, that that's incredible. So you're you're striving for this kind of uh, this competition between your siblings. You're looking for this, uh, you know, opportunity to prove yourself. Right. Um, that I'm assuming, you know, if you're anything like me, uh, you'll never ever reach that point where you feel like you're good enough. <laughs> you, <laughs> just just want, you just want to keep going. We'll unpack yeah. that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it'll stop uh, when I die. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so so um, you know within this GED. You graduate, you go, uh, you you go to achieve your associates in right. computer science, and then what? You get bored. So I, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Just like you said, I want. Yeah. I, I'm not good enough. I need more. I need yeah. more. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, I worked for about a year, and this was in about 2000. And uh, I want to say it was eight. There was a, the economy crash. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And so w- when that happened, I was like, man, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. So. I went over there, and I, that's when I enlisted into the military. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... So you were just about 18 at this point. I was, I was 18 when I enlisted, and it was, uh, it was probably about, I don't know, March or so when I okay. enlisted. And then they said, okay, well, what do you want? I said, option 40 contract. Well, how do you know about it? Well, I have family members in the military. And they're like, well, we don't have those available. I'm like, I don't care. I, I want that, and that's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, have, you have to stick with it, you know, because yeah. you, know you know how it is. Oh, yeah. They'll, so, they'll tell you everything you want to hear. Like, yeah. no, no, you're a cook, but you can jump out of airplanes. I'm telling you. Uh, we absolutely. had a guest on the other day that was like, uh, she wanted to go in and, and go to OCS to be an officer. And they were like, oh, you know, you could just be an 88 Mike. You could just drive trucks yeah. instead. And she was going to be a PA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, no. No, not yeah. I'm not driving. No. Yeah. no and and same thing with me. I know we've talked about this in the past is like option 40 didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You'll never get it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not in. I'm not enlisting until you get it. it and, yeah. And sure as shit, within a couple of weeks, oh, they magically have a slot open, right? That's exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Because they didn't most, have it. And all most of a sudden, option forties. That's right. how it happens yep. too. So. Um, or they convince people that they could uh, volunteer for it in airborne school, yeah. and that it never, never ever happens. happens. Yeah. Eighty yeah. second for you every time. <laughs> <laughs> it needs the army. Absolutely. Yeah, it needs in the army. Yeah. So, um, so you you went into Rangers. I'm, I'm sure that you had the typical Ranger training experience, getting hazed out of your mind and, yeah. <laughs> and you find yourself in your in your unit which is 375 375 and did you uh did you choose this like what so uh i wanted to go to 275 nobody chooses georgia <laughs> yeah who wants to be in that hot <laughs> too, ass climate too right? close to the flagpole bro. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. regiment's right down the street you know? you know um but so it was funny because you know i was the second program to do rasp so mm-hmm. ranger assessment selection program you did what rip I did rip, yeah. Ranger back was hard. Yeah, yeah. That's what they all say, too. <laughs> last, like, yeah. last hard class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last hard class, uh, baby. But the, the fuck, fuck games were similar, you know? Sure, yeah. And it was two months. And the, the second phase of RASP was definitely more of an educational basis. Which I love. Mm. Absolutely. I love that aspect of, of what they've transformed the program into. The, and, and is that the, more and, leadership, or is that just pure education? It's just Ranger skills. Skills. Okay, cool. Skills, yeah. So one, one, one week is like Humvee. Set, mm. well, one of the other weeks is like demolition. The other week. Is it's kind of like a mini ranger school if you if you really yeah, think absolutely. about it, but, okay. but very classroom based. Okay, right, right. and a lot you're, of it, you're yeah. doing um, you're you're going over the essential skills required, and it used to be like on the job training. So you mm. would go through RIP, uh, get hazed for the entirety of the program, <laughs> yeah. get your unit, and uh, your team that you know that you're attached to will lead you to. Success. Less efficient. Hopefully. Then. Yeah. yeah. And then in in RIP, they do, or RASP, they do this month-long course where they sit you down in a classroom and teach you these essential skills. Yep. That makes yeah. a lot more sense. And yeah. it does. And now they separate it to, to RASP 1 and 2. So now your officer base, like it's totally separate. So it's, yeah. it's a really good system. But, you know, that old school mentality is like back when it's hard. No. That's not true. <laughs> Back when it was dumb. Well, it's, right. just, it's harder to learn too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was hard, but it's also harder to learn. Like I'm not proficient in anything. Like I'm really yeah. good at surviving now. <laughs> you know, the, the, one of the weeks that I really enjoyed was uh, the medical training week. And mm. they go through the, they walk you through the whole uh, March procedure, you know, massive hemorrhage, airway, respirations, hypothermia, you know, uh, circulation and hypothermia. Yeah. And, you know, Believe it or not, like I, when I was in, because I was infantry, right? So I was like, what the hell? Who cares about this? Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, I, that's how young I was. I was so naive. Mm-hmm. But now going into PA studies, it's like, you know what? If someone comes in with a gunshot wound or a stab, I got them. Oh, yeah. You know, I know the entire right. March procedure. I, yeah. It's nothing but repetition daily. Mm-hmm. And if, when you get tired, it doesn't matter. You still got to do it over and over and over again. And I, I, you know, praise that. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. So. And, and that's interesting too, is like a lot of people don't realize that most Rangers are EMT qualified. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you go through your Ranger yeah. first responder course. Absolutely. And um, so that, that is a, I'm sure huge part of the program that motivated you into going that route. Yes. Right? That's one of the factors. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's talk about um, your deployments, okay. like pretty streamlined Ranger deployments. I'm pretty standard. I'm right. assuming. Um, and you did two. I did two of them. Yeah. And how was your experience with that? So my first one was actually cut pretty, sh- uh, pretty short. Uh, I was fortunate to come back on the mid row, uh, to see my eldest son born. So okay, wow. that's why I was cut short on that one. Okay. Um, but Where was that too? That was Salerno. My okay. First one Bob was Salerno. So, yep, Salerno. Oof. So, and, uh, what but, year? That, let's see. Nine or 10? To 20. Actually, 2011. 2011. 2011, okay. yeah. So it's I had, fairly I, hot out there. Yeah. So I had graduated 2010 of July. Okay. And then um, they had just came back from a deployment. Okay. And so then I was already starting with the day one of the, you know, how the training cycle. Mm. You start all the way. And then after the training cycle, you get ready for the deployment. You know how it is. Um, so then that was probably, yeah. So it was 2011 that when I went over to okay. So gotcha. But yeah. Came home to see your son born. It was amazing. Yeah. I went, came home to see him born. Yeah. And so 
had one child after after another right in a row. <laughs> I had three. <laughs> Just like your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just like the parents. I don't I don't recommend it. But it's, yeah. it's definitely uh, a sacrifice away yeah. from them being in the military and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. Not being able to see them when you want, you know, through the hard times and stuff like that. But you know, yeah. managed. And you, and you understood that from a child's point of view, too. I did. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I did. So is that uh, is that something that affected your decision to continue staying in or did it, you just want more for your life? Uh, I actually I wanted uh, I wanted to be yeah. first of all uh, understanding uh, that you might not come back from the next yeah. deployment Absolutely. you know in that field or being in Ranger bat mm-hmm. uh, you know anything could happen at any given time so I said you know I want to be present in my kid's life mm-hmm. so that was actually uh, I'll never forget it when I saw the first my first child born I saw his eyes open for the first time. And right there and then, I knew I didn't want to be in the military anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to finish my contract, get it over with, mm-hmm. and then pursue something else. But then what do you pursue yeah. mm-hmm. that can actually support your family? Because, I mean, in reality, um, the healthcare coverage that you get in the military, phenomenal. You can't beat yeah. it out here. Pretty good. You know? yeah. yeah. So so that's like, what do you do to compensate for all that? Yeah. Well, so that's why I chose the route that I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And um, and you have three kids. Three. So three kids. And how is that experience with them? So they're they're all boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Something else. <laughs> you know, they're at the age where they start thinking that they know. It's like me. You know, I look at myself. I'm like, damn. I mean, I was 12. I thought I knew everything too. Oh, yeah. So that's my oldest. He's 12, and then it goes 11, and then it goes 10. Oh, you know, so they're one after another. I mean, my second and my third one, they're like Irish twins, uh, yeah. one day away from one year apart. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. My second one was born uh, July uh, 2nd. Okay. And then my third one's born July 1st. Oh, that's Of funny. the following year. Yeah. And, and we just talked about the other day um, that your youngest son just mentioned that he might want to join the military. Yeah. And you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was like, I want to be like you. It's exactly the same thing I told my father. Yeah. I want to be like you. And I'm just like, no, don't. <laughs> don't not the don't time. Do it. Don't not do it. the time. I mean, like I'm 32 years old and uh, about to be 33 here come November. And I mean, although I'm about to be 33, I feel like I'm 50. Yeah. yeah, I just got an MRI done and I have like a severe stenosis, a foraminal stenosis on my left side. Oh, wow. So the opposite yeah. side of the muscles on the right side are pulling Pull to on. keep my, you know, my cervi- cervical spine supposed to be like this. Yeah. But I'm over here like this and then the muscles pulling it that way. So I constantly have Crick this. in your neck. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like. Bitch neck. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Smashing the microphone at yeah. anger. Sorry, How my bad. Anger. Take the R out of yeah. Ranger it spells anger. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it's a good one. That is. Um, yeah. So, so you're dealing with this uh, this stuff too. I mean, now now you know the uh, the the nomenclature behind it as well. Yeah, which is yeah. great. But um, so your kid, absolutely not. I would tell my kid the same thing if I had one. Right. No, no military for you right, right now. This is just a crazy world. It is that we live in. But. Um, so you get through your service, which is commendable, by the way, to just see your first kid's eyes opening up and saying, it's time to get out. Yeah. Um, I think that um, when you have a family and you're in the military, you're torn between two separate worlds. Yes. So um, you can't be all in mm. to two, two of these things. So you recognize that, which, you know, we, we're starting to see a lot of uh, mature decisions that you've made across the years. So- What's next then after the after Rangers? What do you do next? So how did you sit down and be like, okay, let's let's be done with this and make a track for the next run? So actually, I was going to stay in, but I was going to reclass. Hmm. Uh, so I went to they had this program uh, called the BSEP program. I don't even know what the hell the BSEP program stands for, hmm. uh, but it's pretty much to just get your ASVAB score up because I I mean let's be honest, my ASVAB score was fifty. <laughs> because I, I mean, I got my GED. I didn't study for anything. I, sure. ne- I wasn't one to study for anything. I just wanted to go take tests and hopefully I did well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, the whole BSEP program, uh, I was there for about three months and I was there every morning. Um, and I ended up getting like a, I think it was like a 116 or 117. You know, I, so I was going to try to reclass into, uh, damn, what was it? Uh, it was like intelligence or something okay. like that. And they're like, sorry, um, we're only letting new recruits do that. So the retention officer was like, we're only letting new recruits do that. 
or they're only letting you another another wasted opportunity yep. yeah yeah like, hey i'm right i'm right here i've got I, experience i got my secret clearance all i need is a top secret clearance yeah. let me go ahead and move forth and, and they said now nah, you have to stay infantry we'll go ahead and um we, we can give you uh two two years of uh, i forgot what they called it where you wouldn't get deployed i'm like i'm good man i'm getting out that's my decision it's final yeah you can't give me this i'm done yeah you don't want another body all right yeah yeah, yeah. so and so they're that's like what thank happened. you thank you yeah, yeah, it was just like, here you go. Sign it's just so silly to it me is. that it you is. you waste, I mean, half a million dollars worth of training. Right. To, yeah. uh, you know, to, to what, pride? To not completely indoctrinating someone into a, a you know, a culture shock? Right. You know? Uh, and, and, and you I'll, bring ample amounts of experience to an intel shop. Right. Like, hey, I know what these operators are thinking at that moment. Like, I know what to look out for if we're watching PredFeed or whatever. We're like, I know what to look for. Right. It's and, ample amounts of experience. And, and I was actually trying to go into, because my past of having an associates in computer networking, yeah, I wanted yeah. to actually expand that and do um, cybersecurity. It was an MOS hmm. in 2014 that they ju- the Army had just released it. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be the first class. Not, not because I want to have pride in saying I was the first class, but because... I think that there'd be opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they took that away. So I said, well, I'm out. And that's so all there is to it. Like, hey, I have a degree in this. Yeah. <laughs> Which I got when I was 18, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So and then yeah. Uh, when I transitioned out of the military, um, that's before my transition, actually. I was already enrolling in college, mm-hmm. and I already kind of knew what route I wanted to take for my undergrad and okay. then go from there. So mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So where did you end up? Uh, you came out here to UTSA? or So so I actually uh, so I moved back to San Antonio, and I started going to Alamo Colleges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why I chose Alamo Colleges, honestly, I don't know. UTSA was much closer, and the post-9-11 was going to pay for it. I don't know why I chose Alamo <laughs> Colleges. It's a good way. I think, I think it's a good way to get your feet wet yeah. back into. Mm-hmm a learning mentality yeah. right you're you're yeah, you, you can't like go into service for five years and then jump right back into a college atmosphere yeah right um you know i mean you can and there's lots of people who do do it but i think that that's a very smart route to to get your feet back yeah back into it i mean i'll tell you what starting the first year back in college though i mean i don't know if your your experience when you got out but like there was a bunch of just kids on their phone everywhere oh, yeah. and you're like dude get the fuck out of my way <laughs> well, if, you, if you just put in a little bit of work too it's really not that hard at the end of the yeah. day comparatively it, and, and that's a lot of, you know i i actually am proud to say that i i went through what i went through mm-hmm. uh in ranger bat um because it, it taught me a lot yeah. you know um, and I still have the same mindset. And I think that mindset, I think it's a, one part of the, it's like instilled, it's ingrained in you in, in, in the Ranger Battalion, your mindset. You just keep pushing and yeah. you keep going and then until you get to where you get. And honestly, that's just me. So that's why I just, mm. dude, I just, I'm, I, I probably have one of the most stubborn personalities you'll ever meet. I just don't <laughs> yeah. know when to quit. Yeah. It's not, it's not who I am as a person. So, well, quit, yeah. quitting's not in the vocabulary. Yeah. You're right. They, yeah. they stripped that word out of your dictionary, your yeah. personal dictionary. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I have this conversation with Christian all the time in that, like, I, I don't even recognize failure. Right. I, like, I, th- I think it's going to be a success. You know, and then I realized that I'm 60 feet off the ground, you know, ready to crash and burn. And then I'm like, oh, okay, let's yeah. let's be re- realistic on this one too. Yeah. So that mentality definitely uh, is unstoppable. But I think that you know, with your past experience prior to the military, too, that could be almost detrimental into being able to enjoy your life. Mm. Right. So how do you find that balance? Uh, the part where I enjoy my life. Um, and don't say your kids. No, no, no. <laughs> Just well, I mean, my kids are always part of that enjoyment, yeah. but uh, yeah, personally, I'm talking personally. Uh, yeah. To enjoy it for me means that I have to get to where I want my end goal, mm-hmm. and my end goal right now, as I've stated before, was the PA program. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, when I, when I make it there, that's when I feel like everything that I've been flourishing will unfold. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's. I feel like when I'll be content, that's where that's my happy medium and yeah. mm-hmm. go from there. And it's the next springboard for you too. Yeah. Because just becoming the PA, that's just the beginning, right? It, it Reset is just the beginning. and reestablish goals yeah. once you achieve that. So I think setting realistic expectations absolutely is huge. Um, and I, I'm sure there's there's countless people in the military world that just shoot for these these larger than life, you know, going to the mm-hmm. moon goals. 
and they could never ever get to that end game. So they're just like constantly struggling towards, right. you know, happiness, if you will. I, I, I think it's everything you have to do in moderation. I think with everything in life, you, yeah. you know, you got to take steps to get to here. And then once you make it here, well, what's the next decision? What, what, what else am I going to do from here? Okay. Make it right. So I, after, so I actually got my, um, going back to, uh, getting my degree in, um, or how I met Dave was I went to Alamo colleges and from Alamo colleges, I went to UTSA from UTSA. Then I transferred over to UT health science center. Cause I had gotten accepted to a clinical laboratory sciences program. Okay. And that's a two year program. And then after I graduated, that is when I, um, started applying for, or working in the field of CLS. Mm-hmm. So the lab field. Uh, and then that's when I was applying to PA schools. Okay. And so actually this is not my first time in PA school, but this is my second time in PA school. And you know, people are like, what the hell are you doing? I, like I just experienced this whole didactic year uh, in, in PA school and it's absolutely disgusting. Like I wouldn't do this all over again. Like even if I had the opportunity. So yeah, I guess explain that. What happened? Yeah. So so I was actually so I got accepted to a program out in West Virginia. Okay. And in a little small town, Philippi, West Virginia, and things didn't go how, how they were supposed to. Uh, uh, and then at that, at that point, um, I kind of, it was like a reset. So I had to reset. And then um, about a year later, uh, I kind of went back to the lab field while I was awaiting mm-hmm. um, a new PA opportunity and then got accepted to the second program. Okay. And, you know, fortunate that I, that, that happened. Uh, so that I can be where I'm at today. So is it something with the school that like you just didn't drive with the school or? Uh, it was more like a academic reasons. Uh, okay. So you have to like uphold a 3.0, mm-hmm. uh, a GPA. Uh, and I kind of like threw, you're supposed to prep for it. If you get accepted to a PA program, you're supposed to prep for it. I don't yeah, care. Sure. You, don't, you don't like party and then go to the program and then just expect to just be. Learn it there. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's it's such a compressed uh, school mm-hmm. and you, there's not enough time to learn everything. So sure. what I should have done was that time that I was waiting, I should have been actually practicing, studying stuff okay. like that, gotcha. uh, which I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that, that learning um, in the military of getting past this fear of failure. Right. Um, and just, I think the tone of this story is persistence is key. That's absolutely mm. exactly where I was going with it. Yeah. Because, and, and that all stemmed out of uh, being, uh, learning from, from being in Ranger Bat. Yeah. Uh, they, they literally gr- drill you. And until like, it's just second nature at that yeah. point. And so, and just don't quit. I think don't that's, quit. that's a huge, huge salient characteristic of this conversation is don't right. quit. Mm. And you're going to get there. If Absolutely. You just keep going. Yeah. A year yeah. and a half, man. I'm right there. And you just, <laughs> you, you realized that, and this would scare a lot of people off, by the way, right. if, if academically they couldn't hit it all of a sudden, you, you know, you, it sounds to me like you just weren't prepared. You went your whole life just taking these tests, right? Yeah. Just showing up and executing. And it got you to a certain level, but you, you can't bullshit your way through PA school. Exactly. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So you get there, you get a reality check. You say, let me let me reassess. Let me go back, get a little bit more experience. You come back and you and successfully accomplish the first year. Yep. Nice. Exactly how exactly how it is right now. Okay. So yeah. So we just finished our, our, our what's called a pack rat, and that's pack rat is like a two hundred and twenty uh, question test, and it's like you get like four and a half five hours to take this test. Uh, if you want to take your break, it's up to you, but time's still going to be running. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah. uh, it was a brutal test, but it's the, it's one of those where it's it's needed. It's like a necessary evil. It's like, this is uh, your didactic year, and this is from didactic to clinical. This is what we need to do and progress. And, and so you can progress to the clinical year. So that's where, mm-hmm. you know, that chapter's not, I wouldn't say closed, but it's over. And now I'm beginning the new one of all clinical rotations. So mm-hmm. excited about it, man. So someone who's obviously a little anti-establishment. How is your experience going into this school? Um, you know, obviously when you went to high school, it's this just repetitive yeah. kind of 90% bullshit, yeah. you know, 10% things to take to heart. How, how's your experience there with, with your first year of school for PA? Um, so it's definitely, no one teaches you how to study. Mm. In fact, your undergrad degree 
it's, I'm not going to say bullshit, but the rigor is not there. Yeah. Uh, and when you're having to like compare disease processes and stuff, and they all sound the same, everyone has dyspnea, everyone has shortness of breath. I'm like, well, how do you differentiate between all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have to like categorize it. So I had to learn how to study because of the first program that mm-hmm. I was at. And so th- I think it's finding out how your brain, how your mind works is that was key to my success the second time around. Okay. Being able to draw, like for me, I draw diagrams and I call them like roadmaps, concept mapping. And that's what works for me. I can literally close my eyes after I spend enough time creating my concept map and I can know exactly where this disease process is on that piece of paper and what falls underneath that category. Okay. And that's what's helped me succeed the second time around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like that. You're taking you're taking a loss, you're analyzing what you need to fix and then applying those changes. And but but being persistent. Yep. Like like and, you know Dave said, and, it, and that's quitting. what's that's what's key and and don't quit. Okay. You know, so and again, that's part of the range of values. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So something, something that will always live with me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, so. I'll, I'll still quit when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. So. That's it. Yeah. So, um, what are some of your favorite uh, topics to go over within this PA? Uh, I, I actually like EKG a lot. Uh, I like I like cardio a lot, mm. um, and recently discovered that I really like ortho. Mm. So you know. Um, so who knows? That's actually what, what I scored the highest on with the pack rat. So okay. we'll see where it goes from there. Um, yeah. just going to see where all these clinical, cause I have to do like eight clinical rotations and after that do a capstone year and then mm-hmm. capstone year is kind of like, okay, I like this subject. I scored best on this subject. I want to do this one. And then yeah. you just go kind of explore yourself and then, you know, go from there. Okay. So over the next year, you're going to be <laughs> dabbling in different specialties and right. Do you have an idea of where you want to head or do you, are you just, you're going to go with the flow? So because of the experience that I gained in the military, uh, I want to do ER, believe it or not. Sure. Uh, I like, I like trauma. You know, I, what I've realized is that I don't like to just know, you know, once I start feeling like I just know everything, Mm -hmm. it's I'm, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. It's like the lab. I worked in the lab for two years and it was like, okay, grab a sample, put it on, grab a, do QC. That's do mundane repetition. Yeah. That's all well. it is. Yeah. And, and so with repetition, that's cool, right? But once you know everything there is to know, yeah. it, there's no it, challenge. It's no, exactly. It's no yeah. challenge. And you want to be engaged. I want to be engaged. And so I feel like the ER for me, it's like, you don't know what's coming through that door. Sure. So all the time. Ev- exactly. Yeah. Every single day is a different day. Who knows? You might have, I don't know, three, four gunshot wounds that come through. Yeah. You might, you know, have just diabetic neuropathies. I mean, I don't know. It, it could be anything. Yeah. Right. But so you're responding quickly to a challenge exactly. in front of you. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing for me is is that challenge. I need yeah. that challenge to keep going. I think that's pretty common with with you know, especially special operations right. members get getting into getting into medicine, like like getting into the ER, that's where the exciting stuff happens, yeah. right? I want to be in the blood and guts. The exactly. Action. I don't want to be like sitting behind the desk and doing tests. Like, no, I want to be in the action. I want to see what's going on. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly how it is. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Interestingly enough, um, you know, I when when I was going to school, I was pre-med. Obviously, right, right. we we did that program together. Um, and I did my rotations at the ER clinic and a lot of a lot of uh, VA VA work at the hospital too. And one of the most irritating factors for me was when you triage a patient, it's exactly that. It's a patient. It, uh, like you don't look at their resume, their mm-hmm. reputation, what they're there for. That, like coming from a ranger's background, how do you separate the two when you have a gangbanger and a police officer come in? Mm-hmm. One, the gangbanger has a more critical wound and you have to prioritize them over the officer. Right. How do you justify that? See, that that's that's where ethics comes in. Mm-hmm. And they preach that because you that's a good question. That's that's a loaded question, actually. Mm-hmm. You you can't be biased. Yeah, and yeah. and you have to be okay with not being biased. Yeah. You know, because it's the whole goal is to do no harm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um and that's what it's so all about. So you have two different like philo- philosophical silos, one of which is Close with and destroy the enemy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the other one is help at all costs. Yeah, exactly. So others may live. Yes. How do you marry the two? Uh, you know, I've never thought about that. 
Mm. I, I, that's that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never, no, seriously, I've never yeah. really thought about that. That's a, I, I feel like, uh, so it's when you go into work, you got to take this hat off, put mm-hmm. it over and then put the other, the working cap on. Yeah. This, this is what I'm doing when I'm, when I'm, when I'm in Ranger bat, when I'm getting deployed, I know I'm getting deployed. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I'm doing medical stuff, I know that that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So and I, being able to distinguish between the goal for each field, mm-hmm. I think is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Just getting to work. Compartmentalize. Exactly. Yeah. Don't put any name tags on it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the way that they taught us, you know, in, in rescue was it's not your decision to make. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a decision here. Like your, your job is to help this person. We've right. assigned you to help this person. Now get it done. Right. doesn't matter who it is. That's not your decision to make. That's someone else's decision to make. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you were in plenty of situations where you had to deal with yeah. our guys versus them. We had, we had bad guys in the back of the helicopter yeah. right next to good guys yeah. who had been fighting. Yeah. Exactly. It happens. So it's a mm-hmm. similar concept, mm-hmm. if you yeah, will. And, yeah. and again, like it's, they're, they're right there. They're shot, they're injured, they're dying. The job is to make sure they don't die. Right. right. Like, what happens to them after is, again, it's not my decision. You did it's what you were me. supposed to. Yeah. Just extra hard sternum run, brother. Yeah. I'm going to wake you up. Yeah. Time yeah. to wake up, ketamine. <laughs> Save it for the good guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, some for you, some for me. <laughs> yeah. No, no morphine pop for you. I just guy. remember exactly. those lollipops, man. It tasted <laughs> real good. Lollipops. Oh. <laughs> Mouth is numb, but Dude, it's every all time, good. Every time you give it to any other country, like you give it to a UK guy or even like an Afghani national, you tape around their finger. Got to like, chew it? Put it in their mouth. <laughs> like, don't bite it. And then <laughs> Got to Okay. You give it to an American. It's like a dum-dum lollipop. <laughs> don't bite it. And like, okay. And like two seconds in, they're crunch, crunch, crunch. And throw it up 10 seconds later. Great. Like, high right. out their ass. <laughs> So funny to watch every time. Yeah. Never got old. Yeah. So these uh, these clinicals, man. Um, you're obviously looking forward to ortho. Yeah. The most right now. I guess we'll see where I'm at after like, my first rotations at ER. So mm-hmm. we'll see where I'm at with that. But more importantly, uh, I think what I want to do is uh, when I'm done with all this, probably get like a year of ER experience underneath my belt, and then after that, go and start my own venture, my own. A clinic, okay. uh, doing hormone replacement therapy, aesthetics, nice. you know, um, actually because I have a CLS background, also run a lab okay. locally uh, and then, and go from there. What so, kind of lab would you be running? So I would run a lab um, to pretty much, so you draw a patient, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, check testosterone levels. Blood work. Uh, li- blood work pretty much, mm-hmm. lipid panel, cholesterols, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rather than sending it out, yeah, you know, which takes 72 hours or so for a, a turnaround time yeah. period for you to get that and then spending more money. Uh, you know, to me, it's like, well, why, if I have the background already and I'm able and I have a license to be able to do it, why, right. why not have my own lab and my own clinic? You, you know? do it on site, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I know a lot of people um, who are in, in the lab industry or the people that I went to school with mm-hmm. that would be able to kind of help with that as well. So I mean, yeah, seems like a, a better a better solution for like a one stop shop, right? Uh, yeah, if I'm going in for my TRT or or whatever I'm trying to get done, I show up that you know for the first intake, I can get my blood drawn while you're talking to me. It can get ran exactly come back with results. Like, hey, here's exactly what we need to do, and we yep. know it right now. You that, don't have to come back next week. That's that. That's that's the goal. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, because I don't see that. I don't see that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everyone's sending mm-hmm. things out. Yeah. Whoa. Come back and then from based off your lab results, we're going to go ahead and then proceed with how we want to go ahead and uh, go with treatment. Okay. Where yeah. like, as you were saying, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you yeah. know, to run a test that's right downstream is right there. And then we'll, okay, we, you can either wait or you can come back later. It's up to you, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And then we'll just go from there. So, yeah, I mean, even doing virtual lab reads. Uh, yeah. Where, where, hey, in 40 minutes, let's, let's get on FaceTime and, yeah. and discuss this. It's, it's forward thinking. And I think that a lot of people just want ease of access nowadays. And right. we don't want to wait. I don't, you know, when I go get blood work, I do it every six months. I don't want to wait two weeks to have a doctor call me up and schedule something up. And, you know, I want to know what's going on. So right. you, you kind of solve that problem. Exactly. You know, right then and there. So what, inspired you to do hormone replacement therapy? Uh, so my, it was actually after the military, uh, my testosterone was low. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it was underneath 200. And like the normal range was, uh, and all the ranges from the lab to lab, they vary. Yeah. But from like, 
you know, where I was getting my stuff. It was from 200 to 800 is the range. Okay. I was at like 197. You know, like you're at 197. You know, that's like the level of someone who's 50, 60 years old. Yeah, and you're like 25 and years I, old. Yeah, 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 exactly. So then, so I started on uh, testosterone therapy. What were some of the symptoms you were noticing that led you to get checked? Fatigue. Okay. Fatigue, like extreme amount of fatigue. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not me. Like, especially doing stuff and being in the military, like I was so bright and early. I was up early in the morning. I oh, was yeah. like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's complete this task. And then all of a sudden, uh, noticing the hormone deficit mm. of the severe, severe fatigue, okay. uh, I was like, something's not right. So I go get lab work and they're like, well, all your labs are fine. I'm like, okay, well, let's go ahead and te- check this. Let's check your testosterone level. Yeah. Um, uh, so they did and low. Mm-hmm. And so testosterone therapy, you know, uh, helped change the game. So the fatigue syndrome was now gone. Oh yeah. You know, my levels were back to normal. And of course that's, they have to constantly run labs with you mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're pretty much at a uh, equal you know, you're, you're, you're well-established. You're not falling low, but you're also not going above 800. Yeah. So you're within like a happy median. Yeah. And so yeah, that's why- trying to max you out. Exactly, yeah. 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 Now, nowadays with an overstimulated world- Right. And just- just constantly irradiated by every battery that's that's near us. Uh, Christian brought up a good point. He's like, when you go to a concert, there's 5,000 freaking cell phones that are just cooking you, <laughs> roasting you alive right then and there, right? So in in that kind of world, um, you know, 10 years ago, it used to be two thir- or one-third of men had low testosterone. <laughs> the, that the upper number. One-third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the upper one-third. Yeah. One-third. Yeah. 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 And, and that has doubled in the last decade. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. W- what what are you reading about this? What is so? What is some of the things that you're seeing in this world, and what is that coming from? We obviously know traumatic brain injuries, traumas. Like uh, it's very very common for for operators to have low T when they get out of the military. That's exactly what while it is. they're going going through it, and they're in, it, their their serotonin is maxed out at yeah. all capacity. You operate really well. Mm. It's when you have that downtime, you have a tendency to crash. Yes. What it, What are you seeing on the research side of things? It might be. Um, an indicating factor of that. Uh, a lot of the stuff has to do with uh, cortisol levels. Yeah, stress, you know, stress, mm-hmm. stress, and 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 that happens. And they, you know, I think one of my, my my provider had explained it the best to me. He was like, "You go from this, and your your sympathetic nervous response system is constantly going. It's going. Oh, yeah. It's going. And then eventually, you you come to a halt. But then it's still going and going and going. And so your cortisol is increased. And your when your cortisol is increased, your testosterone gets decreased. And I'm like, well, I've never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. But it's literally what's happening to me. Hey, Superman mm-hmm. stands two minutes a day, 30% testosterone increase. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins. <laughs> 30%? Oh, it is. That's what, that's what they say. So you get a spike, 30% spike. Of course, this is oh, this is Tony Robbins. I would like word, to do that. So. I'd like to do studies on that. Superman. Right. Oh, yeah. Superman pose. Yeah, yeah interesting stuff. <laughs> um, it, it's it's funny that we always talk about things that can increase testosterone, testosterone. increase your levels, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But we don't talk about the, all the stuff that is decreasing it all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, there's foods that you eat that decrease testosterone, all this stuff. So there's just this compound effect. Mm-hmm. And especially with just so much shit going on in this world. Yeah. How do we know? We, yeah. How do we know? And I think uh, your body talks to you. Mm-hmm. It tells you what's going on with you without you even realizing. Mm-hmm. Why are you feeling fatigued? Yeah. You know, why are you waking up in, in a pissed off mood? You know, and, and I think when you start looking more into those things, jotting them down on a, on a, believe it or not, a book and just not like a diary or anything, but like you're just keeping track of what's going on with you and more in tune. we call it journals. Yeah. J- yeah. Journals. journals. That's right. It's a manly <laughs> it's I put it, diary. I also put it's it my... in my combat satchel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lock. You have a lock on it's it every day. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a satchel. Yeah. It's a tactical satchel. <laughs> so so we, when you do these things, it's like you start realizing, damn, mm. this is, Consistent, yeah. And when it's yeah. consistent, then that means that there's, that's why there's a common problem. Yes, fatigue, for example. I mean, uh, cortisol, yeah. the amount of stress, anxiety. I mean, sixty million Americans suffer from anxiety, and and on top of that, we're not doing anything. We're sitting, staring at a fucking computer or a video game <laughs> or a screen. We're not engaging anymore, you know, right. in these activities. And and when you're in the military and you're kicking down doors, right. naturally you will have a higher testosterone level. Sorry. Yeah. 
It's going you know, to, and yeah. then, you, then you get out and and we're seeing this this problem in men. Why two thirds of men have low testosterone now? Because there's no engagement. You're trying to find that fix. And, yeah. and so that was a big thing when I got out. I was trying to find that fix. And so what did I do? Um, I, I actually got into this, like a sport called Moto. I don't know if you heard of it, MotoGP. Mm-hmm. So oh. you're doing legal street racing, yeah. uh, you know, on on without cops involved. So oh, you're yeah. not doing anything illegal. Um, so that's what I ended up engaging in and to that's find that fun. adrenaline again. And man, when I did it, I tell you right now. Yeah, and I've seen that video, man, of you just cruising that that turn at 120 miles yeah, an hour, there, knee yeah, to there, the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. So I so did you that. seek that that adrenaline. Yeah, and then and then going to PA school kind of took that. <laughs> you, it's one or the other yeah. right now. Yeah. So. Well, it's an investment. Right? Exactly. Is is you're you're investing your mind a little bit uh, to get to the greater picture, the next yeah. level, that yeah. springboard that Christian exactly. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. To to not to go back too far, but you're talking about like the fatigue, right? Fatigue. And, yeah. and looking at the problems for for what they are, and I think I'm I'm in my in my history, I've been very guilty of this of looking at the problem and thinking it's the problem, right? So looking at that fatigue and like the fatigue's the problem. Right, so you're trying to treat the fatigue. Exactly, it's energy fatigue. drinks. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah. A lot of people look at things like pain, for instance, right? With with all the whole pain management clinics and the opioid crisis, we're trying to treat pain. Pain's not a problem. Pain's a response, indicating, response indicating something else, indicating a problem. Right. Same thing, and with it's a, a signal. Yes, exactly. It's and, a signal. But that's how you know. That's why the opioid thing. We're trying to treat pain. What like. It's it's a never-ending battle because you're not treating what the problem is. It's, it, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and it's. Oftentimes rooted in a problem. So it's, if you're it's oftentimes habitual. Yes. And if you're chronic pain is a habit forming. Yeah. And but if you're looking at the the problems as the problem, right? Hey, I'm fatigued all the time. Hey, I can't put any weight on. Hey, I have a low sex drive. Like yeah. so I'm going to I'm gonna take energy drinks and I'm gonna take the blue pill and I'm gonna do these things. Like, great, like you're solving those problems, but you're not fixing the actual issue. Yeah, right? and that, that's actually- You're masking kind of, the symptoms. That's, that's exactly that's what you're masking. doing. And, and I actually went through a similar thing. So when I started studying, and the thing is, you don't really realize that when you start studying mm-hmm. into like a rigor programs that if you have ADHD or not, yeah. until you actually do. And, and so I remember reaching out to the VA and I was like, hey, I can't concentrate in school. And they're like, oh, you're depressed. Here you go. Here's an SSRI. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what? No, no. They're like, <laughs> yeah. It's like one or the other. So yeah. they're like, hey, they go through this whole process. We're like, we know you're depressed. How do you know? You haven't even asked me questions. You yeah. just said, okay, you're not concentrating. Something's going on with this guy. He's depressed. Let's give him an SSR. Let's just yeah. go, go right there. Here's some pills. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I did that for like six months. And I was like, this is not it. Not I'm sustainable. Tell, I'm, trying to, yeah. I'm trying to like reach out to you, trying to talk about what's really going on. I can't concentrate. Yeah. Finally, I got the, the prescription and stuff like that. I got diagnosed. I think that the next generation of, of medical students, one of which, if we could get past the philosophy of medicine being in a business or an industry, right. if we could get past that, and I'm sure you see that, this, you know, quite prominently. Yeah, good luck. But if we could get past <laughs> that, is that you know we're in the the business of of curing patients, mm. not masking symptoms. Right. I think that you do have a generation that is coming in that's starting to 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 recognize, hey, we can't be if we're on prescription medication for more than six months. There's a problem. Yeah, there is. Yeah. SSRIs especially. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> they are, the purpose is to lift you up, to assist with therapy yeah, and make that effective yeah, and then get off of them. It's not, it's not fixing anything. It's again, it's just mass. Yeah. And we talk about this too, set and setting, uh, change your environment yeah, first. Right? right. And it's, it, it really is the same thing with testosterone as well, but in a world where men no longer have to, you know, move the tree, you know, <laughs> like get in line and hold the shield wall down. Yeah. Like we, we don't have opportunities like that anymore right. to do, to do such a thing. So not daily, at least like we used to. Yeah. Th- that's probably the reason for the decline too, to be honest. Definitely. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. It's technology. Yeah. Right. It really is. Is, and, is there's no need for muscles anymore. Right. right? Yeah. And that's why um, we talk about um, incorporating these things into, um, you know, the masculine agenda, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, practicing an instrument, uh, you know, working out, doing a martial art, getting together with a tribe. Like, we don't have that anymore, especially after a lockdown. We're just like so locked away from everything else. Mm-hmm. How do we engage? How do we maintain our manhood, if right. you will, right? 
And at yep. the same time, if you're struggling from low testosterone, you're not going to want to go engage in those things. Right? Yep. So. But, the, but that's, that's literally, that's why I want to get into that business mm. because I, I want to say, here's my, here's, here's my problem. Mm-hmm. I know about the problem. Here's what I know also can help you. Yeah. But first of all, you got to identify the problem. And once you identify the problem and the root of the problem, then you can fix that problem yeah. mm-hmm. and then go from there. You know? And so that's why I really, really, really am adamant about doing that. Um, sector of the business. I love it. Let's talk about the negative connotations that people associate with uh, TRT. Um, You know, obviously it is very, very abused. It is. And, but if you do it in a prescribed setting, right, you have virtually nil side effects. Mm. Right. So, so delve into that a little bit. So so you you have to, that's why they have what's called therapeutic monitoring. You Mm. know, you have to monitor uh, every injection. You have to, dose everything right because from my standpoint to your standpoint your body is different than my body and my body's different than yours yeah and so that is why like how can you say that 200 milligrams uh, of testosterone sipinate is going to work the same for me as it's going to work for you or it's going to work for you mm-hmm. it might be different and yeah. that's why they have labs uh, to run so that you can find that value that needs to be reached according with body weight, you know, and genetics plays a huge role, even though we hated genetics, so, <laughs> but, you know, so yeah. So that's, that's pro- probably how you would um, go about that negative connotation that you're talking about. Yeah. Now, being on TRT. So I'm, I'm on TRT currently, shout out to Transcend Foundation and Transcend. Awesome, awesome company. Um, and they help veterans for free, actually. They have oh, a program nice. where they, they help veterans for free. So if you guys are interested in looking up, you know, the company I use, Transcend, uh, through the Transcend Foundation, shout out to Brendan Quisenberry, awesome dude taking care of that. But, so it's, mine's monitored, and I have I have excellent results from it, but I've seen what happens when it's, it's unregulated, unmonitored, you're getting the stuff off the street. Like, is there... Do you have any like words of wisdom for people who are interested, but they can't rightly afford it or they can't find the proper resources? Where where should people start seeking these resources? Uh, like some of those clinics that you're talking about, mm-hmm. some of the, the testosterone clinics, you yeah. know, you have several out there. Um, you, you go and just say, hey, I uh, just want to check my labs. Yeah. But then again, you see there's, there's that fine line. Then you got those people who they just want it to... Be- yeah. Get huge. You get huge. Yeah. And, but th- and there's a, there's which a, is abuse. It, yeah. Which is abuse. And and there's a, a huge uh, s- drawback to doing that. Mm-hmm. Cholesterol levels rise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you have your LDLs also rise, mm-hmm. your, which is your bad lipoproteins, right? Yeah. And then you get clogged arteries. And then, well, what have you been seeing with these 50 year old bodybuilders lately? You know, Their hearts just hearts explode. Stopping. That's exactly what's yeah. happening. And that's because of. Abuse, yeah. right? So that's mm-hmm. why, hey, if you're into the game, if you want to get into the game, yeah. be careful what you put into your like body. Like anything, exactly. too much is a bad thing. Moder- everything it should be done with moderation. Mm-hmm. Moderation. And moderation, mind. that's key. Yeah. Now I know there are side effects of being on TRT. Like they, they tell me like to expect... <clears throat> Uh, to have like a low sperm count, right? Low sperm count, right? Or or even nil sperm count, like while you're currently taking it. That's that why something- that's why you offset. Yeah, with, <laughs> with uh, offset. offset with yeah. H. HCG, HCG, I'm sorry. Not HGH, that's- uh, That's a growth hormone. Yeah, Yeah. oops. We're not trying to get big over here, Dave. (laughs) I'm trying to get huge. Just add a little trend, you know. (laughs) Trends. Oh, Oh, Jesus, no, No, but- But the HCG, so like human chorionic gonadotropin, right? Yes. So that that helps you continue producing testosterone naturally, which is going to supplement not only the other tests you're taking, but help right. with things like the you know the reproductive system health. Right, right. Because right. you have an endogenous form and an exogenous. You know, endogenous. Yes. Your body's making it. Mm-hmm. It's endo, right? It's inside, and then exogenous exit outside. Okay. So exogenous form would be like uh, doing the needle. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. intramuscular and stuff like that. So as soon as you start getting administered uh, exogenous form of testosterone, what happens to your naturally occurring testosterone? Well, it shuts down. Yeah, it says, hey, I've got plenty here. Look. Yep. Yeah. And that's so. and that's why you have a lot of people. People who abuse this this stipulation of you have a small balls right right mm-hmm. so so you get you get atrophy right atrophy and yep. so they come up and then there's a reason why they descend right that's to so you have viable sperm so yes. when you put the exogenous form uh, you have atrophy of the testicles that come up and now your body's warmer than it should be it kind of cooks yeah it cooks the the sperm if you will sure. and then so that's why that's that's a common side effect okay. of of that so 
but maintaining so if you're doing this properly like you can find test on the street sure like yeah again not recommended by any means absolutely but, not but if yeah. you yeah <laughs> absolutely but not but supplementing properly and being overseen by by a doctor or or a PA at that point who can help you navigate this stuff so you can mitigate those risks right, right? so if i still want to have kids and be on TRT is there a way that I can do that? Well, that's then that's where the whole monitoring the monitoring mm-hmm. takes you know effect. So, yeah. what time frame are, do you want to get? Uh, do you want to conceive with your yeah. significant other? Okay, so if this is the time frame, then let's work with that. Let's yeah. kind of like Dave was saying, cycle you off. Let's go ahead and get the HCG going. Therapeutic, therapeutic monitoring. Monitoring. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, you know. So when you talk about the the stuff on the street, for all you know, you don't even know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, and it's probably yeah. made. in China or Greece, yeah, you, or you have no, or, or in, in, a, in a meth lab or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, th- and that's the thing. We actually um, know uh, a, a friend that went the non-medical mm-hmm. route to uh, to obtain this stuff and had folliculitis on his back. So essentially, staph infection. Staph infection, right? That lit up his entire back. He must have been taking Tran or something like that because that that one right there gets you this, uh, the breakout. He was uh, yeah. probably breaking out a lot yeah, or something it was like just that. Like dirty, dirty, exactly dirty. Mm-hmm. The oils that they dirty use oils. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a certain one that they have to use. You know, so and of course the people out on the street want to get. The cheap most, it up, yeah. Cheap it up, get the best bag for the buck. There yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. And, the, is. and the, you know, the proper proper procedures are not put in place that make sure that this stuff is staying sterile. And, right. Yeah. Or not sterile, but clean, you know clean, what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Aseptic technique, yeah. 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 Use there it, you go. babe. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's been a while. <laughs> but uh, that's amazing. So, um, you know, for all, all the people who are looking for TRT, uh, when it's three thirds of men <laughs> uh, <laughs> next year, when you when you pop up, and so when, when when is this plan gonna take place? Are you gonna get some clinical time? You, you get your clinicals in, you graduate. Are you gonna get some hospital time, or is this business time? I, I, so so I want to get hospital time because I, I want to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, you never know. Anyone could walk through your door saying, "Hey, I want to go ahead and start doing TRT," and all of a sudden they just drop to your floor. Yeah. You, you, the thing is, you just never know what's coming through that door. Period. Mm-hmm. At least that's the mindset I like to have. Sure. Uh, and so I want to know what 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 to what the hell to do if that happens. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be oh that guy was a PA but he didn't know his shit. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Take yeah. a year yeah. or two at a at a TRT clinic. Right. Yeah. You know, steal all their documentations and start your own business. I guess. <laughs> They're SOPs. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. That's it. And yeah. is it, you mind yeah. if I borrow yeah. these files? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that, yeah. that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Exciting yeah. stuff. So. But that's um, it, it's great that you set a goal in, in, and then that's where everything's going to unfold for you, like you said. Right. And you already have the next goal in mind. Yeah. It's that springboard. So I, I really like that, that you know, habit trending form that you put into place here. Cause you have a solid victory right. that's got a hard date to it and another goal that's ready to go. And it's, mm, yeah. it's, it's embracing the vision that you've created for yourself. Right. And then another thing I want to do um, during the midst of all this is also, also write a book. Um, and I want to call it, I've, I've said this for like the last six years, not a Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not that one. Uh, Thank me for my service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to. I want to. I want to title it from GED to PAC. Mm-hmm. And PAC is for physician assistant certified, Pac-Man. right? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like to, no. Uh, yeah, I like that. But like from GED, yeah, from GED to PAC, and I actually, yeah. I, just, I just want to write this book, man, because there are so many people who get their, their GEDs, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that don't do anything with it. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, well, my life's kind of over. No I one can't wants, do no one, Yeah, no one wants yeah. me. I have a GED. Well, you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Actually, you no can do cares. something. Yeah. I'm probably the only one in my damn class in PA program, the, the two PA programs I've yeah. been to, that I was probably the only one with a damn GED. Mm-hmm. But I bet no one ever asked you, right? No, no, I mean, no one so, ever asked Nor me. does no it matter. Nor does it matter. You never exactly. have to bring that shit up in but, your entire life yeah. if you don't want to, but you're using it as a strength. Yep. Yeah. But you know that. And there's a lot of people who look at that and they look at it as baggage. So, right. like, well, I have this problem. Right. Like, no, it's not a problem. I think it's a, it's an yeah. inspiration to people who can like, hey, yeah, you got the GED, you had some shitty years. But it's not over. Like it's not you can over. Start taking yeah. these next steps. Look at how far I've made it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I want to do. I want to incorporate. I want to write that book. I don't want to make it too long because the thing is, you make a book too long, everyone's like, okay, I'm just gonna throw this shit in the fireplace. <laughs> but a quick read. But a quick read, yeah. and, and I want to just give it to the, the GED Center. Yeah. Hey, man, here's this book. This is my story. Give it to everybody if they if they want to read it, they can. If they don't, yeah. that's okay. That's on them too. They don't have to. But 
it's an opportunity to just look at things from my perspective, look at yeah. things from how I've, uh, how I've incorporated everything into my life. And then, you know, maybe you can achieve what you want to just yeah. as long as you set your mind to it and keep going. There will always be hard times and people think that yeah. I, they, they, they'll establish a goal and then it, times get rough. And then they're like, it's not for me. It's not that mm-hmm. it's not for you. It's just that you just didn't implement, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what am I trying to look for? Proper uh, strategies? Or- strategy. You didn't, um, you didn't implement um, like a baseline. Mm. You have to expect stuff to get hard. Yeah. It just will before it gets better. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better, but mm-hmm. you just got to keep going. I think we all, all know the, the story that, that expectations is yeah. what crushes us at the end of the day. Mm, right. So, you know, um, you know, we've all had that experience where we're looking forward to the movie coming out. And we're looking forward to it so much that we watch this movie and it disappoints. Right. But when we never watch the trailer and we just show up, we're ex- surprised and expected mm-hmm. by this as right. well. So managing expectations is something that you've done throughout your whole career. And I think that's an inspiration. So we re- really appreciate you coming on and, yeah. and sharing that. Uh, where, where can we find you at? Actually, I don't. Uh, so I gave myself a promise. Delete all social media because it was a distraction for me. Nice. Uh, and I started this thing where it was on the first PA program. Okay. okay. It's where I implemented it. Get rid of distractions. Yes. So I got rid of the distractions. And once I'm done, I'll bring myself back to social media. Good. Because uh, so. obviously social media now, you, you want to market yourself. Social media is huge. It's yep. a huge platform to also do that. You, you know, It's not no longer the older days where you're just holding up a sign, hey, come to my clinic. No, yeah. you, know, you market yourself. Sure. And so that's my promise. Right now, I don't have any social media, but- how good does that feel? It, honestly, it's good. I don't. I don't yeah. have to watch or, or monitor, monitor anyone's life. Yeah. I just monitor mine. I pay yeah. attention and to me. And then your your testosterone probably went to natural levels by itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I shot right up. Right up. Shot right up. Well, uh, thanks, man, for for coming on and sharing your story. Um, we'll definitely keep you, you know, keep you on the show. And when you start your new yeah. facility, we'll we'll bring you out and and talk about how that grand opening goes. But. Uh, Thanks, man, for what you do and continuing to inspire others. Thank you for bringing me on board. Really, really, really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Appreciate your time today. This has been the Medevac Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Remember to engage with the show. Like, share, comment. Let us know who you want to hear from. Let us know the types of stories you want to hear uh, because we listen, we respond, and uh, we apply those, those changes right here. Yeah. Until next time. We'll see you next week. Bye.